Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Hello and welcome to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. I am the host this week, Ross Casey, back in the hot seat after a fantastic episode featuring Conman and JCH last week. I hope you all enjoyed that. We got some fabulous feedback from CJ at Ignite Wrestling. Great to hear from him. And from me personally, CJ, if you're listening, I'm out in Doha and I'm buzzing to get to Borehamwood Library, as we've confirmed it is, <laughs> <laughs> um, as soon as I'm back in the UK. And this week, we've got another two-man booth and he's back for the second week in a row. He's getting those stats up for when the next time that you do the stats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's JCH. How are you doing, JCH? Yeah, really good, thanks, Ross. So I was thinking, I'm really, I was hoping to get to that 50 caps by now, and the uh, timings have really sort of knocked me down. So, how couple close of uh, appearances you, in a row. How close do you think you are? So I think I'm maybe close to 40, maybe uh, high 30s, 40. Yeah, so still got a way to go yet. I keep losing the, the piece of paper. I do the stats, so I'll have to do it all again. Oh, I'll go no. back and listen to the, to the one with the stats on, which I can never remember which one it is. <laughs> which is quite frustrating. Uh, but I'll do it at some point because I, I do like stats because I am a nerd and that's why we're here. Save it for a rainy day. <laughs> yeah, we've got plenty of them coming up. <laughs> so, without any further ado, let's get into what the nerds are watching. I've been watching you a la 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 long, a la 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 long, 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 come on. A la 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 long, a la 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 long, long, so, JCH, this weekend we had ourselves another AEW pay-per-view in full gear, and it was one that certainly got a lot of people talking online. I've seen people saying it was the best pay-per-view that they've ever seen. I've seen people saying it was the worst pay-per-view that they've ever seen, and I've seen people saying that it's somewhere in the middle. Where do you sit with it? Yeah, I'd probably lean more towards the middle. I mean, are they saying it's the worst AEW pay-per-view they've ever seen or worst pay-per-view they've ever seen? Because I feel like if you say it's the worst pay-per-view you've ever seen, you haven't watched much wrestling. You haven't watched the Heroes of Wrestling pay-per-view from 1999. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> amongst other things. Or, uh, so I heard yeah. through the grapevine, JCH, that uh, you did your classic AEW pay-per-view night where you ordered it, paid in full, supported the team, and then fell asleep almost straight away. Yeah, so <laughs> I'd, um, I'd been out, I played football. I didn't actually play football. We won, but I got injured, took down to get a ball for a tennis court, so I didn't actually come on. But it was better than when we lost last week, so that was good. And then um, had a few beers at the football lot, went out to meet a few mates who were up for the NFL on the Sunday. And I was walking home, and I put on the zero hour on my phone as I walked home. Yeah. And caught a lot, of, mostly the MJF and the guns and Joe. And then got home just before the end. And so I saw the whole angle. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll see if anyone's around for a side chat. Josh was awake. We uh, got a side chat going on. Bought the pay-per-view. Rich Flair came out. I was like, can I have my money back? Yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, I think midway through, Mox and Orange Cassidy fell asleep and woke up to Adam Cole or music coming uh, for the main event. So, yeah, okay. But I managed to stay. And I, was, I said to Josh, I, yeah, there's a couple of texts that he had were almost spoilery, but I said, oh, I'm not going to watch a 30 minute match now. I'll go to bed. I'll watch it in the morning. <laughs> and uh, and I did that. So, but I had the timings in the morning were a little bit tight. So I made sure I, I did what I don't normally do and sort of cherry pick the matches I wanted to see the most just because I didn't want to get spoiled. Yeah. Uh, on a few certain things 
And yeah, still need to go back and watch a couple of things that, uh, that I haven't seen in full yet. So keeping on the positive side of things, it's very much apparent that your man Swerve Strickland, who you've been uh, championing for some time now, is finally picking up big wins over big wrestlers, including former champions in what can only be described as a graphic deathmatch. Yeah, it was intense, wasn't it? What a match. And I'll say, as people might remember from the deathmatch podcast, not my like go-to style by a long way, but when there's a reason for it, I think it can add so much to a story. And I think... Those two absolutely killed it just from the start with uh, Paige just not even bothering with his entrance music and yep. gaffer taping him up for the start. I thought it might have been like a sort of five-minute squash at that point. He's just going to batter him until... <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, what what a match. Just so many graphics, the right word. The, the blood drinking, I'm uh, probably not for everyone. Loved it. <laughs> absolutely loved it. I, it, was, it's, it was gross. I hated it in that way, but I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I felt a bit for Nigel yeah. on the comps. For people who don't necessarily know what you mean by that, you're talking about the fact that he obviously caught hepatitis through wrestling and is quite an advocate for no blood in wrestling, right? Yes. I, I, I know, yeah, I'm not, I wasn't 100% sure that was what I believed to be the, the story. I know, his, yeah, his anti-blood due to catching a, an illness through it. Yeah, I'm sure you're, you've got it correct there. It did make me think about him a little bit because the way he's just had this sort of almost sad tone in his voice at times. <laughs> yeah. But as you so brilliantly put last week, Variety is a huge part of wrestling, and it's great that Deathmatch has a place in big pay-per-views like that. Yeah, and Paige had the one with Moxley earlier this year. And he had the great one with uh, Archer as well. But that, that was when he was champ, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think uh, this was the first one he's lost, which makes it an even bigger win for Swerve. Yeah. Um, and Swerve basically beat him the way he beat Moxley, if I remember correctly. I think that's right. He yeah. was, I think Moxley taps out, whereas he died. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he did. But yeah, he was the hang, the hanging finish. But yeah, Swerve came across like an absolutely badass as well. Like the the staple guns at the start, and then after a while, when he just was like no selling him and doing it to himself, because he's like, yeah, yeah, I've, ta- yeah. I've taken your staple shots. I'm still standing. And yeah. uh, and obviously yeah. he's he's well known as Kill Shot in uh, Lucha Underground, and he was well known for having those sorts of matches there as well. So plays into the hardcore audience that AEWR. Yeah, definitely. I can't really say enough good things about it. And I, I was trying to work out which match of theirs I like best because I was thinking we've got a match of the year votes coming up soon. And they're two that are definitely in the running. Anyway, there's a lot of great matches this year. Osprey and Kenny had a couple. Brian Danielson's just been rolling about the years with some of his matches. Yeah. But these two would be right up there for me. And I was trying to think which one I like best. So normally I'd be more of the wrestling match. But this one was just so... I think, yeah, with the way the story had been intensified and, and this played right into it, it's, it's definitely going to yeah. be in my considerations for certain. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that. That's my, definitely my highlight of the show. A, because it's got my current favourite storyline and B, because it's got, yeah, two great workers just smashing it in a, in a different style than they did last time. I know the classic thing is that like a match of that style is like the feud ender, but do you see it being over? Or do you think that they're going to go over the old ground a little bit? over the next few weeks? Or do you think maybe one or both of them are going to be entered into this C2 tournament? I don't think either of them should be in the tournament. If it's starting this week, I think they should be. A, I mean, I don't think any of them should be wrestling for a couple of weeks just to sort of sell yeah. sell the match a little bit more. Like that? Old sure school? I, yeah. I'm not sure if they're going to do the tournament every run wrestles every week, though. So, But I personally wouldn't put either of them in the tournament. I think Paige would probably be off TV for a little while. And 
I think if they do reignite the feud, it should be a little, a little bit down the road. Maybe, I mean, I think and I've been saying it for a while that Swerve should get the belt. Yeah. And then maybe after he's got the belt and had a couple of defenses, then Paige returns, returns or yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe he's come back or maybe refocuses on Swerve and, and then they go out at a third time for the title, which might be the Paige getting his win. Yeah, definitely. Or maybe he doesn't. <laughs> so we've spoken about the match that I think is probably the match that you would have enjoyed the most. What else pleased you on the show? Uh, I enjoyed the TBS title, Statlander, Junior and, and Sky Blue. Two um, wrestlers there that you've pointed out, Strickland and Hart, two wrestlers at the start of the year were low on the totem pole and very much have moved way up. Yeah, and see Junior Hart pretty much homegrown for AEW. Swerve had there to do a bit of a rebuild with, and they took a little bit of time, but they've done it really well. They had a couple of resets when they the factions weren't quite there for him, who they paired him with, and then they finally found a good sort of combo for him. And and same with Will. Well, Virginia Hart, since she joined the House of Black, has just been growing. I really enjoyed her match with Statlander at Wrestle Dream. Thought that was really good. And um, you sort of get a bit more from the Sky Blue character. She's sort of uh, in that sort of shades of grey. I'm trying to think of a bluey grey colour, but I couldn't it's ruin that. Shouldn't even said it. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's sort of in the in between, in between of the word everyone loves. I thought Statlander held the match together with the power and being a base for those guys so well. Yeah. And it was like, I was uh, pulling for Julia Hart to win from a, obviously not from a heel face point of view, but just from a, a character point of view. And because and the House of Black, we had a few, not too many wins on that part. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that match. Talking of the women, there's rumours that uh, AEW will potentially be signing both Mercedes Monet and Ronda Rousey. Do either of those, yeah. both of those, one of those excite you? Well, Ronda Rousey's rocked up on Ring of Honor, didn't she? She did, yeah. Rob sent me a video just like a random and she just had out a match. So if Ronda Rousey cares, then I think she's obviously got a sort of a talent for it and she's got that uh, mainstream credibility, even though she hasn't been in the mainstream for a while now. But um I'd be more excited by Mercedes, to be honest. Yeah. Just because of being a big fan of Sasha Banks from all the way from XT. And um yeah, I think she's also got in the wrestling world, carries a lot of clout, big star power. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see her and get in the mix as they try and build up the women's division a bit more. It still struggles, or they yeah, struggle right. to give it the time, or I'm not sure. They've obviously lost Jade Cargill, but if they get Rousey, Monet, and the returning hater by January, that's pretty huge, right? Yeah, I forgot Jamie. That's bad of me. But she's been off for ages, hasn't she? Yeah, obviously a big fan of Jamie Hater from, from a long time. Uh, yeah, that would be cool. And... Um, They've also got people like don't watch them on TV, but every time I listen to anything, they're saying like Athena's pulling it on that. And yeah. um, they've got like talent. He just got yeah. You know, he does have too many toys, as they say, <laughs> and it's about you know trying to use the right ones or use all of them. It's it's a bit difficult. I haven't used my QPR speedo team for years, but Flatbone get a run out all the time. You know? <laughs> I also like to throw out just a bit of a uh, touch of Mox and Forrest Cassidy. That Sorry, was, yes, uh, yeah. That, that was an enjoyable match as well. Mox is mad, isn't he? And, uh, <laughs> Are you I, surprised I think that, a... that OC's got, got the belt back on him after the big long reign that he had and then he finally lost it and now he's got it back? No, well, I think he was meant to bring it back here. Obviously, he had the belt already because of the injuries. I feel that this was what they were going for and the sort of result. I think verifies that that this was going to be Mox as the one he couldn't overcome, and it almost puts him up to a. I say he's become, he's come from a comedy character. That run gave him some serious wrestling yeah. credibility on the AEW scene, which he 
He'd always had, but it, that sort of cemented him as, a, as another level. And I feel like this was going to be his win back over Mox, but they had to do it. It got a bit convoluted with the way they ended up getting there, but yeah, I yeah. think the result is what they, they planned for all the time. Yeah. I probably didn't pick it, but... Okay, so let's touch on the three things that I've seen that people are mad about on AEW and see your, your point of view on them. Okay. Number one, I think I know which <laughs> which way you're going to go on this one. <laughs> Mr. Ric Flair. So he obviously got involved in some like minor graps on the outside with Christian, which goes back to 2020 when Ric Flair gave Christian the low blow. So there's some long-term storytelling there. Christian's <laughs> waited three years to get back at him. Question number one. Does that get me a point in the Ric Flair wrestles in the prediction game? I think we can. When I, there's some of my points, uh, I think I'm going to need some help with. So we can make we can make a deal here, Ross. <laughs> make a deal with the devil. We are the yeah, devil. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so Ric Flair, good or bad? I've oh, no interest. No interest. In, I've had any interest in seeing him for about well, even when he was in WWE when I watched it. I don't know what's WCW. He's this old guy who cheats and thinks he's a he's a good guy. Hated him. Never liked him. No interest in seeing him ever. Let's do the business, sure. You've had your time. See you later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he might win me around because I used to think similar about Sting. And I've really enjoyed Sting's AW run. So, yeah. you know, Rick, if you've got some new tricks, you might be able to win me around. But, I mean, I don't see... It just seems like a waste of money to me. Fun Sting fact. He's undefeated in AEW with a 23-0 record. That's why I captain him every time. <laughs> I, fi- I I figured that out about I think about the third time I picked him to lose. But I was like, he must lose. And then I was like, oh, he's never losing until his last match. So he's my captain every time he's on a match. And it's served you well so far. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't hasn't got me wrong since I worked that out about a year and a half ago. <laughs> okay, so second it used thing... to be him, Hook, and Jade, and now Hook's got that one loss. Yeah, it's not about the bloody cup, and uh, <laughs> and Jade lost and went. So just sting now. Just being left. And maybe Next. bloody Adam Copeland. <laughs> Let's not get started on, on him for you. Um, <laughs> next up on the big complaint list that I've seen online is Melodrama and Young Bucks. Thoughts? I love the Young Bucks like this. I hate them as baby faces. So I don't think they're very likeable. I think they're brilliant as whiny brats. And they've got a point that like, they've feuded with Jericho all the time for the last four years of this company. And then Kenny's bringing him into the locker room. First time I've ever taken their side, I think. I said, I haven't, I need to watch the match fully again. I that's one I wasn't quite at time to watch. I saw like the ending, and I'm sure it was a good quality wrestling match because three and four of them are outstanding. And the other one can go when he's with the right people. But yeah, no, I really like this version of Young Bucks. I think I, I'd like them kept away from Paige, to be honest, because I think like he doesn't fit with them so much, especially yeah. when he, the, uh, the current incarnations of the different characters. But um, yeah, I'm not going to complain about the Young Bucks being bratty when they lose and, and kick it off about Chris Jericho when they something they don't like and they never have from what I can tell. So yeah, that's that one. I'd, I'd be on side of the Young Bucks which would probably surprise some people. And I know it's been played out a lot over the last two years in terms of friendships being the main course of storylines but I think it's a key element to any kind of story, right? Yeah, definitely. Like you've got to sort of, well, the, the people need to care about something and make you believe they, that it's true and in a way I think they do, they do, and they, as I said, they had valid reasons for their disdain of Chris Jericho, and and then when another thing they were annoyed about was that um, obviously Paige went off during when they lost the titles, and yeah, Kenny didn't really turn up to help them out or anything like that, and I think they're they're validated, uh, which I think is the way these good heels should be. Maybe they're not the heels. I mean, Kenny <laughs> Omega's the heel. I don't know. Maybe you're onto something there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and lastly, the thing that people are getting really mad about is, is it that Tony Storm's butter dish fell out of her shorts. It's so not. People seem seen. to people seem to quite like that. Um, I liked it as a as a spot, and I didn't even think about it. And I saw someone moaning that it halfway fallen out of her shorts, so the ref should have disqualified her. But I thought it was a brilliant idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great idea and a great finish. Loved it. The thing that people are getting really mad about is basically Super John Cena booking of Super MJF, where he had a legitimate leg injury, so say, to the point where even the match graphic was changed (laughs) to show Adam Cole in the main event. Then Adam Cole is able to walk to the ring on crutches without anyone seemingly blinking an eye that that's a problem to defend for MGF, only for MGF to drive his ambulance and save the day and wrestle for, what, 25, 30 minutes on said bad leg and then win against Jay White. People are saying that the injury angle didn't do anything for the show beyond making it WWE light, highlighting it to the John Cena stuff of past, highlighting it the fact that Tony Khan's trying to do sports entertainment rather than pro wrestling. And that's part of the reason that he's now doing the C2 to try and appease the hardcore fans that feel that they've been let down this year. I know that's a lot, but try and unpack that. <laughs> Firstly, I think the MJ thing was stupid. Like, I don't mind the injury angle come back, but you said he can't compete and you are a company that consistently uses interim champions. So that was bizarre. I would just have Adam Cole defend it, a man who couldn't defend his own belt 30 minutes earlier. I think logically it's ridiculous. I know like wrestling doesn't always make sense, you know, but this for me was just, I I found it bizarre and a bit, what's the the word, Fonzie jumped the shark a little bit here. Yeah, I don't have a problem so much with they go into hospital, coming back in the ambulance like Stone Cold, 99 World Rumble, whatever. So that part of it, whatever, that's fine. But the way they went about it, I mean, you could have just done the classic, right, he's got to answer the 10 count, and then maybe that's how people say that's ripping off him more. But that's like a classic wrestling staple. Someone gets injured and, and they get the massive reaction when they come back in an ambulance. And I think that would have been less egregious. Uh, I think that would have been quite fun. And then you know he's the baby face, so he's gonna he's gonna be super seen or whatever. Yeah, so that was my more my issue was the ridiculous doing the match graphic, changing the match. I just didn't see the point. Yeah, that was illogical to me, and that would be my issue with it rather than the, actually the wrestling because it's wrestling. He's gonna sell an injury that you yeah. know, and then he'll do it. I mean, he'll be fine. That's sort of how you do it, isn't it? Yeah. Did you see online the like thread that was like? nine ten tweets long about all the reasons that potentially the devil could be tk but you say tk cooper then <laughs> <laughs> i'd much prefer it to be tk cooper than tony Khan. so i haven't seen that um bread no i mean I, I, I love a sort of speculation as much as the next guy yeah yeah so it was posted pre full gear and it was then added to after full gear with the highlight being MGF saying, don't let them take the title off me. And Adam Cole, knowing more about MGF than anyone else, because so say he's his best friend. And knowing that, so like Adam Cole potentially would know kayfabe where MGF is going with the 2024 bidding war idea. So the classic thing of TK is petrified that MGF is going to walk out as champion. So the reason that they allowed Adam Cole to potentially wrestle was to get the title off him. And the devil is TK trying to get the title off him and realising at the moment, this amazing babyface, super MJF is unbeatable and he's got to try and figure out a way to get it off him. Mate, well, that at least has been some thought into that. It makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't, I don't hate it. 
I don't, I don't really see, I don't think Tony Khan, as much as people want to say Vince McMahon is a massive twat <laughs> and maybe well within their rights to, he could perform. He's a natural in front of the camera and that character he played, which probably because it was quite realistic <laughs> to an extent, he was very, very good at it. Yeah. I've seen Tony Khan on camera <laughs> like, and I don't have any faith in him being able to perform to the level. Yeah that would be needed to carry that storyline. And I say it makes sense from a wrestling perspective that, that, that someone's thought that out, and I, I like that. But I, the guy looks like a rabbit in the headlights every time he's on screen. <laughs> he, I just don't think he's got the, the, the acting chops for it. Yeah, uh, I think he should stay well out of the limelight. And he can't really put in another authority figure because it's quite well known that he's booking the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like he sort of backed himself into a corner there. I don't, I don't think he's good enough. I mean, maybe he'll prove me wrong. So where are you at at the moment with, I know that you did a bit of a percentage last week. Are you further down the line of, it is Adam Cole? Uh, I feel like it's, it should be based on the story that they've been telling throughout. I wouldn't hate it if it was MJF, but I think, I can't remember if they'd been in the same place at the same time, or like backstage when he was in the ring, I think when they beat up the acclaimed. Yeah. So obviously you get Adam Cole or someone else to wear the mask or whatever. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't hate it if it was MJF and it's sort of like his inner demons and they go sort of something down that route. You know, he goes, oh yeah, this classic punk the trick the devil ever did was making him believe he didn't exist sort of thing. Yeah. And yeah, so I wouldn't hate that. Adam Cole makes sense. And then I, I think, yeah, me and Dom have discussed, I don't know if it was on here or, or just in um in the pub or something, that that just puts MJF into the absolute villain because he's been betrayed and it's his origin story to go into being the worst person ever. Yeah, which is where he was close to previously, but this would make it even better, right? Yeah, just puts him right over the edge. Yeah, and, fantastic. Last thing to talk about, I think, from Full Gear would be the uh, announcement of Will Ospreay, something that we all yeah. kind of knew was going to happen. Surely, Dom's prediction, I think it was Dom's prediction, of Will Ospreay wins the AEW title at Wembley is coming true, right? I'd, I'd I'd like to see it. Yeah, uh, it's it's a bit weird in that he's like, yeah, I'm signing, but not yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the guy he's done the Ben Bro and Diaz. <laughs> yes. Hopefully his uh his AW yeah. runs better than Ben's. <laughs> yeah, been of our time so far. Yeah, I, I'm excited about the signing. Definitely, I'm not sure it needed to be done like that. He could have brought him in when he was actually coming in. <laughs> I think the but, reason for it is that they can put him on the poster for All In or something. Yeah, and and they put in, and they're going on sale like next week or something, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, yeah. That, makes, yeah. Make, that makes sense. But from that point of view, I think from a wrestling impact point of view, it might have been better to do it. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, they they they've got to figure out the business metronomics yeah. and whatever the economics, yeah. uh, which I don't have to think about as a as just a fan. So yeah, uh, yeah, very excited to see him there full time. I'm interested to see what he goes and he he drops a few names straight away. But there's yeah matches I can think of at the top of my head just like obviously the Danielson one I've been pushing for for well, I was hoping for all in yeah um, and you've got Andrade I think it would be amazing like Buddy Matthews and that's not even like the top top names like your Moxleys yeah. and your your people like that but yeah there's a lot of matches I'd like to see Will have and uh, yeah I'm excited to see him in AEW full time crazy right so let's move on to the round table. Have you ever- So, James, 
I'm hearing that you're unable to make the show on Sunday, sadly. But there is progress this weekend. Vendetta, which has been dubbed a super show. Nine matches rather than eight. And uh, special entrances for two of the matches featuring live. what makes it a super show when you have nine matches instead of eight. (laughs) (laughs) The dictionary definition. (laughs) You've got some live performances for the first time in what I can remember in ages at the ballroom for some of the entrances. Um, Warren Banks and Sanity are going to have live entrances. Uh, We've got Sanity returning for the first time since 2019. I looked it up. Their last uh, match as a trio was when they lost three-on-one handicap match to The Miz. (laughs) (laughs) Of course they did. (laughs) Great booking, lads. And of course, we've got Warren Banks' last ever match after the emotional promo in the last chapter in London, that is. And of course, we've got the main event where Kid Lycos puts his identity, his heritage, his legacy his mask on the line up against Spike Trevay in a match that they call Lucha de Espuestas, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I'll say I, I can't remember what it was. So yeah, that's uh, I'm glad you went with that one. <laughs> Did you want me to quickly uh, go through the matches and, and hear your thoughts on them? Yeah, go for it. So we've got ourselves Paul Robinson with Malik in his corner up against Tate Mayfairs and Costa has used his connections to get Paul Robinson in a singles match against Tate Mayfairs and Malik is in his corner but can Malik get his head in the game this time around and prove a help rather than a hindrance for Robbo since they've been together as a team Robinson hasn't won a match and he's been more of a hindrance than a help and Tate Mayfairs is on a bit of a winning streak at the moment picking up even a clean win against Yoshiki Inamura in the last chapter in London thoughts on that one uh, yeah, I was ashamed to miss that. I say I went out of the country in uh, Philadelphia this weekend, just making a little trip out there for a holiday. Yeah, I'd, I'd really, I'd, that was me. I'd really interested in watching uh, in the intensity and what Robinson brings. And massive fan of of Tate Mayfair's, well, massive hating of Tate Mayfair's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, enjoy his work for what he's doing. Um, I'd be picking uh, when we do the pickums. I'd be picking Tate to win. Obviously, you've got the dissension with Malik and Robbo, and Tate's on the ascension at the moment. Uh, yeah. I think another win for him puts him further up the card in his uh, quest for glory. Have you seen any of uh, Costa's online <laughs> um, search for who's stolen the prettiest title? I did see. Like, I think I shared it. It was like a, <laughs> a ch- like a screenshot of all his uh, potential different uh, <laughs> suspects of who's stolen the belt. <laughs> and uh, that did make me laugh. There was some, uh, and and the uh, OJMO got a shout out in there. So that yeah, I did see that. Happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we've got ourselves an intergender tag match: Rob Drake and Lana Austin against Charles Crowley and Alexis Falcon. It's a tag match that's been brewing for weeks. Both teams feel that they've got a vendetta against the other. Lana Austin feels Charles Crowley and Alexis Falcon cost her the Progress Women's Championship when they were involved in the match when she defended against Alexis Falcon at the long Halloween and then Rio unlocked her chance. And Alexis cannot fight for the championship again ever, so say, because of the deed and where she lost to Lana Austin. And that was because of Rob Drake. So there's plenty of ride on, on this, but I think it's still going to be a pretty fun match, especially when you see the match that Charles Crowley had at the last chapter, although he did have an absolute banger at resurgence against Oku, apparently, on the weekend. So he can still go. Yeah, very much uh, a thing I'd enjoy watching live, I think. Crowley and Falcon 
uh, enjoyable team. Uh, Lana Austin always brings the uh, entertainment in various different ways. And I uh, haven't seen much of Big Rob, but I'm sure he'll play his part. Yeah, um, it seems like a good match. There's a bit of variety going on early doors there. Our Who would you thing. be looking at in your pickums? Uh, I'm not sure about this one yet. I need to have a little bit of a think of uh, how far it's been, how far it's going, where where's it going in the future. I'll be okay. leaning towards uh, Falcon and Crowley as a kickoff, but um, especially is is the rest of them there? Is like Taylor and Smithson gonna be there? It's, it's not on the graphic, so I'm not sure. Because hmm. they had some dissension the last time I they saw did. them, so they did. Maybe, maybe that'll play into a Crowley Falcon victory. Could play its part, absolutely. Next up, we've got ourselves what looks an absolute banger of a singles match. Leon Slater against Connor Mills. What a match that is. Leon Slater just signed for TNA, and he's just defeated United Empire's Francesco Akira, impossibly his biggest scout to date in progress wrestling. It was an impressive feat to get the better of the man who just weeks earlier had become the Super J Tag League winner with TJP in Catch-22. But this time around, it's Connor Mills looking to get the scalp on Leon Slater because, unbelievably, James, this is... A singles match for Connor Mills, and Connor Mills has never won a singles match in Progress Wrestling. That's well, he is a tag team specialist, isn't he? In the dome. That is mad, though. That is mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that might continue. Uh, <laughs> Leon's slightly uh, higher up the card at the moment. Um, I, again, this this card is uh, shaping up pretty nicely. I'm disappointed to be missing it. I love Connor Mills uh, and Slater's obviously fantastic. So, yeah, I imagine this will go. Absolutely go. And, yeah. Uh, That'd be a great, yeah, great one to see live man's and the energy in the ballroom will be pretty high for this one. Yeah, it's obviously a match that Red Pro have booked as well for their Crystal Palace show in a few weeks' time. And they're obviously slightly different characters in Rev Pro. So it'll be quite interesting to see crowd reaction because Connor Mills has come back in as a bit of a babyface in progress since um he attacked Spike Trevay. It's the one way to get yourself cheered, isn't it? <laughs> <That really is. laughs> Mills is the is the still the cruiserweight champion Rev Pro? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll always be the other way around from uh, the stature of the of each man yeah, yeah. in yeah. Red Pro. So yeah, yeah, you're right. There'll be two interesting matches to see, like to watch and compare. Yeah, um, I think that's that's like one pros. of the best things for these wrestlers on the independent scene that they can wrestle the same match a few times, but use it as a way to create better character work for themselves in the different ways that they are in different promotions. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and be able to do work it from both sides while still being realistic because you've got different promotions, different characters, different storylines. It yeah. just gets you more exposure and more opportunity to work at, yeah, as you say, work at both sides of, of your game because you know, the best wrestlers are usually ones who've gone both ways because you don't become stale in the same character and you get Absolutely, to round yeah. yourself off. Look at Super MJF. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next up, we've got ourselves an absolute banger. Shigeho Eerie up against the newly named Yoichi who is, of course, pro wrestling known as Yoshiki Inamura, who left Japan to acquire greater skills and raise his reputation. He's faced plenty of progress wrestlers in the past few months, but it's only TK Cooper that he's managed to beat, which has been a big impact on his pride. He's called upon the fighting traditions of the great Japanese warriors, and he's sought inspiration from a famous 12th century archer, a hero of the warring states period in his native Otara in Japan. So he's now left himself a biggest challenge in coming up against his compatriot Shiggy in a titanic clash in his debut as Yoichi. Can he change his fortunes in progress or will he come up against the man who was named 168 in this year's PWI 500 and come out on the losing end again? Uh, yeah, this would be good. 
as you said, like, and I'll keep harking back to it, but the variety. You've got the Mills and Slater, who are going to be running around and flipping all over the spot, I imagine. Uh, <laughs> and then you've got these two guys who are just going to, I imagine, slap shit out of each other for yeah. 10 minutes a or so. A lot of body slams. <laughs> bit of a bit of con man, this one. I say I, I say I like this sort of stuff as well. I do gags as well. That's why we get on. Similar. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, again, we would really enjoy this card. It's always, it's always like made for me. Why am I not here? <laughs> normally it's you in the ballroom watching nfl on your phone maybe you can uh do the other way around next weekend yeah what, what, what's on demand in the <laughs> is it on live <laughs> not yet okay I'll, I'll get tom to just hold up his phone i'll, I'll send progress uh six quid or something for the <laughs> for the pleasure but <laughs> Next up, we've got ourselves what's going to be an emotional one. Gene Money versus Warren Banks in a retirement match. Two best friends wrestling each other one last time. Warren Banks faces Gene Money in his retirement match at Vendetta. After losing in his return match to Luke Jacobs at Chapter 158 Long Halloween, Banks took to the microphone to tell his fans that he feels he can't do this anymore and his current dates are wound up. He will be retiring from professional wrestling. His mentor and trainer, Gene Money, tried to stop Banks from coming to that conclusion, but after the pleas from Banks, he finally accepted to have the best match Banks has ever had in his final ever match at Vendetta. We're not going to be ready for this one. The people are going to be cutting onions in the ballroom. Don't miss out on Warren Banks' last match, which includes a live performance from Skillet and Zahir performing their custom song, Unbreakable. Uh, those two guys are people that have created songs in the past on AEW for Kira Hogan and Brian Cage, I believe. So that should be cool. And the match itself is going to bang and it's going to be emotional. Yeah, is this... I mean, I'm guessing it could be the first half main. I think because people will probably need a bit of a break after it. I think uh, so, so. I don't yeah. know for certain, but um, that'd be my prediction there. Yeah, that, again, another different kind of singles match, isn't it? it? You've got it's this one's more about the yeah, the sort of giving you flowers and giving them a send off. If it's yeah. not a work, yeah, <laughs> everything's a work. <laughs> Everything is a work. So let's potentially let's uh, let's touch on that. Is there an opportunity here to turn Gene? I would have gone the other way around if it's going to be a work because Warren's said he's retiring and so if he's like and he just like twats him with a chair like, actually I'm Mark Henry in this if he comes out in a pink suit at the start <laughs> then we've all got to be worried um, but yeah I, I hadn't thought about it from the Gene point of view like Gene just sort of just, just destroys him he's like yeah, fuck off mate Yeah, enjoy your retirement yeah, I'm, I'm a bastard now but that sort of yep. thing yeah I say I think you've got to do a lot of hard work to get Gene money booed in the ballroom but I think that'll do it yeah so I, I think can see it happening I think the way to go, if it is a genuine one, is just the flowers, a brilliant match, yeah. followed by hugs and kisses and people surrounding the ring and banging the ring and roster out on the stage. That's going to be an amazing moment. Um, but if it's not that, and there's the opportunity to turn one of them, I would go with Gene. Uh, but based on what you said there, if it is, I think it's hard to turn Gene if it's not a genuine retirement. Yeah, I just I mean? mean that like if Gene acts that way in this match, it could be enough for Warren to be like, hold on, I'm not finished, vibe. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. But yeah, I'm assuming it's going to be the latter and it's just going to be an emotional match that's going to be brilliant and then everyone will cry and then go to the good mixer and have a shot. <laughs> yeah. So, so. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got ourselves Sanity versus Dominators Rainium. 
Sanity, who have not wrestled as a trio since their infamous one-on-three defeat by The Miz on SmackDown. That was the last time they were seen in WWE before their release. But they return at Vendetta, looking to purge that unwanted memory. They take on Dominator's Uranium in six-man action that is pertinent as Big Damo and Axel Tisha have already admitted that they've got eyes on the Smoking Aces tag team titles, and a win here would certainly put them in contention for a shot at just that. And Bullet has already beaten Big Damo in what he called a dream match for a wrestler that he deeply respects, and now he faces him again in a six-man tag at the ballroom. It's the only place that you're going to see Sanity as a trio in the UK, and if the pop for Eric Young's announcement is anything to go by, this one could well rip the roof off. This is going to be a blast, isn't it? Because Dominators Uranium are doing some fantastic work in progress. I watched uh, Wonder Brawl back this week on demand through the new app, which is really great because I can now watch it on the big telly. <laughs> and I think that that match was possibly my favorite match. The six man with Banks and Lycos Gym against Dominators Uranium. Sterling in particular, I'm absolutely loving at the moment. He's so much fun. And this match is going to be just absolutely brilliant, I think. Yeah, it seems like a good fun match with a lot of sort of backstory to it. Did Bullet cost Damo the title? Was he involved in that? Or was it just Spike? But obviously he's it got was, a history with Dominic it was, Rain, wasn't he? It was just Spike, yeah. So Spike's not in this match, but obviously in a roundabout yeah, way, yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be a good one. <laughs> not much to think, add. <laughs> do you think Sanity win it? Yeah, I think that's his sort of standard wrestling way of going around booking the title match of the future. You beat him in a six-man, you got, got a pinfall on them, just get a tag shot. That would be my pick em. If they do win, do you see them beating Smoking Aces? Depends when it is. <laughs> like it. <laughs> I, I generally, I think I'd have to weigh up the entirety of Dominators Reign at that time. Yeah. And think, are they starting to crumble or are they still Dominators? <laughs> like it. Like it. Well played. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it could go either way, depending on, yeah, depending on what sort of situation the faction's in, I think. Next up, Ricky Knight Jr. versus Luke Jacobs for the Atlas title. This is going to be so good. Ricky Knight Jr. has defeated some of the best heavyweight wrestlers in the world during his Atlas title reign. And at Wonder Brawl in Manchester, he defeated the 16-carat gold tournament winner Shigehiro Irie to add his name to the list of names. Also on that show, former Atlas champion Luke Jacobs defeated Inamura to become the number one contender. So the date is set. Luke Jacobs is set to regain the Atlas title against Ricky Knight Jr. in a match that promises to exemplify what the division is all about. Ricky Knight Jr. is actually a menace in progress wrestling. He's won all 10 of his single matches in the promotion. His only loss in the promotion comes in a tag team match with Leon Slater against Sunshine Machine. He will not have faced someone as laser focused as Luke is on Sunday, though, who is looking to end RKJ's reign and reclaim his throne as Atlas champion. This is going to be a super fight. Is it Luke Jacobs lost the title to Damo? Yeah. And Damo lost it to RKJ? Yeah. Yeah, it's not dissimilar to the Iria, what's it in the mirror's name? Yoichi. Yoichi, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, match in, in sort of size and, and style. You see Luke's going to slap it around. Ricky can lay it in as well. And he's got a bit, um, almost like a hybrid with some of his uh, aerial moves as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that should be a bit of a banger. I think maybe Luke might pick this one up, get the title going forward. I think they're probably leaning that way in the pick at the moment. Um, I think it's quite interesting how they've booked RKJ. I didn't even realise until I looked it up how dominant he's been in progress to the point where when he loses the title, because he's been so dominant and he's not really what you would put down as an Atlas wrestler, he's got to pretty much go straight into world title stuff, right? Once he loses it. I think you've you got to have a couple, a little bit of a reset. But I think I'd read they're doing a Thunder Bastard unboxing, aren't they? So he'd be yeah. sort of a prime contender. I don't know if it's a male or female one this year. But... Um, if it was a male one, I think he'd be a prime contender to go in 
into that there'd probably be a few other people who'd lay claim to being a in the also world a possible like, super strong winner could be yeah i say i i never really think of rkj as like a progress regular i mean, obviously because he's rev pro was where he sort of came up in our eyes yeah. obviously yeah. he's i don't want to dis i don't know what promotion the knights run um but it's not not what i've been to but in london anyway for me it's it rev pro where i saw him coming up and then he's obviously come across the progress has a lot of success but he doesn't he never quite feels like a regular he's not on all the time and he sort of comes in and out so yeah we, i wouldn't i wouldn't be hun- uh massively shocked if he once he lost the belt he didn't stick around so much i mean sure sure just just the way I sort of see him, I'd, I'd love him to stick around because really enjoy his work, and hopefully he does. But that's just sort of the way I was—I've always sort of thought about it. He's sort of coming for this run, yeah. He's killing it, but then when it's over, it might—he might not be back so much. But yeah, hopefully that's not the case. But... Yeah, but you see, Jacobs just about pipping this one. Yeah, I think it's time for Luke Jacobs. I think he's—I'm not sure how much longer we'll have him in England. Yeah, he's, uh, he's turning a, a, himself, turning a he? lot of heads, turning a lot of heads. Around the world, obviously, the eyes of uh, of the wrestling world were on, over here for All In weekend, and probably the match I heard the most about was Jacobs and Tomohiro Ishii. So there was a lot of people over watching that. So I feel like he's probably got some uh, plans to move away, maybe in, in a not too not like right away, but and not, yeah. in the not too distant future. So I think it'd be a good time to give him another run with the belt and uh, kill it while they build up the next sort of up and comer for when he moves on. Yeah, well, he's certainly got plenty of people that like the look of him and over in rev pro he's got plenty of people in new japan on those cards and on progress he's got yeah. people from noah so there could be a bit of a bidding war of 2024 on, on luke jacobs <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> and if, if i was him i'd just go and take as much experience as he can get he's still so young yeah i'm sure beneficial to him to go and work in any any or all of those companies absolutely yeah Next up, we've got ourselves the women's world title match, which is a triple threat match between Rio, Lizzie Evo, and Kanji, which I think sounds absolutely brilliant. Lizzie Evo beat Kanji at chapter 154. It's clobbering time, which seems like an age ago now. At the end of that match, she showed disrespect by refusing to shake Kanji's hand. They had their rematch last week at Wonderbrawl in Manchester, and that ended in a no contest where there was a submission and a pinfall at the same time. And at the end of that match, Lizzie spat in Kanji's face, upping the, the disrespect. So that meant that the number one contenders match ended in no contest, of course, and Rio was left with no competitive to face. But as she's a fighting champion, she's said, bring them all on. Let's make it a triple threat match at Vendetta. Three of the best women's wrestlers in the UK facing off in a championship match, which is going to be a banger. Thoughts on that one? I didn't see... The Manchester show, but I did see some social media and I saw them go in to ask Lizzie Evo about oh, she's so good, was face. <laughs> and it was a brilliant, yeah, she's brilliant, really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, just like no fucks given, basically. Um, and uh, yeah, I think mean, she's I think the someone... line was, um, I spat in the face of death, so what makes me think about yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, um, and then with the accent as well, it just seems always seems that much harsher, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and great, great, great delivery. Yeah, I I think I'd probably uh, Rio will go with Rio and the Pickhams. Obviously, just only just picked up the title. It feels a bit like um, the kind of hatred of the other two wrestlers are going to count each other out a little bit, and maybe they're going to get caught out. And then we get the third match of those two leading off of it, maybe. Yeah, I think it'll eventually lead into this, a singles match between Rio and and Lizzie uh, at some point down the line. And uh, yeah, I think definitely a champion of the future, uh, Lizzie Evo. Sorry. I just see pro Evo. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Merseyside Red Evo. Uh, 
<laughs> Free. Um, what was the name of uh, Blackburn Rovers on there? Uh, Lancashire. Are we Lancashire Blue or just Lancashire, Lancashire Blue? Love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might have just been Lancashire for a while. I think then Burnley got promoted and we became Lancashire Blue. And Bloody Burnley, eh? Like, yeah. <laughs> are we East Lancashire? Like, yeah. We weren't in half of them because we'd been relegated. But... <laughs> I feel your pain, mate. Never been yeah. in it. and last but not least we've got ourselves the main event which is just gonna be madness isn't it it's kid like us versus mike gervais in a match that's been built since super strong style 16 a slow burning storyline that's slowly built kid like us up to feel like a main eventer and he's here this is his time it's do or die. He's put his mask on the line. Uh, so let's read the blurb. Spike Treves manipulated the situation and forced Kid Lycos into putting his mask on the line after he won his own Lucha de Pestuas match against Chuck Mambo in the past year. Kid Lycos feels confident his creativity in no DQ matches gives him the upper hand despite the expected interference from Dominated Raynham at Vendetta. After coming so close to victory at Hungry Like the Wolf in the last title match, only Spike Trevay to remove Kid Lycos's mask and roll him up for the cheap but cunning win. Lycos knows that the disrespect he's shown for the heritage of the mask. But when he was asked about that, Spike Trevay said, Objectively, that is disrespectful, but I just don't respect you. Then in a sit-down <laughs> interview with Kid Lycos, Lycos said, I started wearing my mask in 2013 and it's been the best 10 years of my life. My mask is who I am. I don't foresee a way that I lose because I can't lose. I walk into the electric ballroom wearing the longest tenured mask I still own, and I walk out with the Men's Progress Wrestling Championship. Spike, however, sees things differently. On Sunday, the 26th of November, in a face-to-face interview, Kid Lycos said, Your mask will sit next to Cara Noir's mask on my mantelpiece and add to my legacy of horror. You're in a nightmare, and it's real. You'll never wake up from this one. And that nightmare could come true for Kid Lycos if we see a repeat from Wonder Brawl last week where he was pinned clean by Spike Trevay in the middle of the ring. Will Lycos be led to his death and have his identity revealed or led to glory by winning his first major singles championship in Lucha Diez Puestas main event? So it's been an, an amazing build. Absolutely loved it. I know at the time when Kid Lycos was the chosen one at Super Strong Style 16, there was quite a lot of discussion about if that was the right call. But I think that they've done a fantastic job of building him up. And now it's do or die. And what do you think is going to happen? I think he's going to die. Die seems harsh. But... <laughs> Yeah, the I character think, dies. I don't, yeah, I don't think Kid Lycos has got it. I think Spike's a bit too smart for him. There's like a no rules, isn't it, basically? Yeah, no DQ, yeah. So, I mean, that, well, Spike would be thinking, I've got the numbers game here. He's only got one mate. But Sanity are in the building. Okay, yeah, fair enough. They, do they like Kid Lycos? Well, they just don't like Dominator's Raymond. Yeah. Yeah, fair. I, well, well, so maybe that, that plays even more into my feeling, that maybe they'll run off Bullet and the boys, and then say Kid Lycos is the one with the friend. And we know what friends do in wrestling. Oh, this is your theory about Kid Lycos 2, correct? My Yeah, Kid Lycos 2, he fancies the, the Kid Lycos mask and becoming Kid Lycos 1. I've got a feeling that Sanity and Dominus Raynham will all take each other out and they'll all run off into the smoking area or whatever and uh, stop for a vape or something. But then Kid Lycos 2 may betray Kid Lycos and then he'll take the mask and become Kid Lycos in Dominus Raynham. Ooh. And... And the original Kid Lycos will have to reinvent himself. And then when he comes back, I think he'll be the absolute... If you think he's over now, he'd be like, I'd be like the Iron Man even. <laughs> even even Jason. Like, <laughs> not, 
as I say, not that I'm not behind him for the match, but I'd be like, that would take him to the next level for me. Um, yeah. I'd say, don't book it for me, but loads of people want it, love it already. But um, yeah, I think that you can't, then that will become, make him the sort of serious challenger that he isn't quite, well, not that you, I've worded that wrongly, but <laughs> yeah. he is a very serious challenger. But that would take him to another level, similar to what I was saying earlier about MJF going to another level of healdom that would make Kid Lycos or whatever he decides to call himself. I don't know, Carl Lyko, I don't know his name. Uh, <laughs> but then if he comes out, then he could still be the one to dethrone Spike Gervais after always working his way up from this new standpoint when he comes back as yeah. the mar- the unmasked man. Yeah. But yeah, I think it'd be just as popular if he won the belt. But yeah, I've got this little feeling that Kid Lycos too, he'll take it out for the money. He'll take the money from Spike Gervais. <laughs> And he'll see a spot for himself. I like I mean, the idea. He's taken a, he's like taken a lot of beatings. You know, he's got I've taken a lot of beatings for you, kid. Like us, what have I ever got out of it? You've just yeah. gone off on your own. You don't even tag with me anymore in the tag division. You've gone <laughs> off selfish, and he's got his reasons for it. And money, and that, you know, money trumps all. Everyone's yeah. got a price. Someone used to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's 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 my uh, that's the way I, I'm seeing it play out. <laughs> Yeah, I like it. So basically, Spike Trevay is Ted DiBiase and Kid Lycos 2 is Sapphire. <laughs> I mean, you're going to be saying things before I watched. <laughs> you, have, you have to fill, fill me in on that one. <laughs> but I'm guessing he, he turned on somebody based on money or she. <laughs> Sapphire, a she? Correct, correct. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Showing my... Uh, this is why I never won the Carman quiz. Lack of knowledge of anything pre-97. <laughs> so that's your wrap up of progress wrestling vendetta uh, shame that you won't be there james shame that i won't be there but i'm sure that the boys will have a, yeah. a great time and it, it, it looks like a great card that does look a fantastic card like a really strong card i, I don't see say there is a lot of different varieties a lot of uh straight up singles matches which i think is great for a super show uh, most of the matches that if not all there's some sort of backstory to as well maybe not a couple of the really strong sticking singles matches in the in what looks to be the first half. I said I had no idea just of the way they were run. You've got like some really good, interesting matchups like that quite fresh as well. Uh, to start new stories as well, which obviously if these yeah. there seems to be a lot of cycles ending in this one. Then there'll be a lot of, uh, sorry, new ones starting and a couple of continuations. Yeah, it looks really strong card. I'm disappointed not to go as when you released it last week to us or showed me the graphic because I don't yeah. follow anyone because of spoilers. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Looked really strong. I was like, "Oh shit, I'm actually here." Uh, <laughs> but um, sure, the lads will have a, have a great time, and yeah, probably better off getting two of them on next week to recap it rather than us. But... <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Just lastly, on progress, they've made some pretty big announcements for 2024. You got GYV against Sunshine Machine in January. Happy birthday, me <laughs> and me. <laughs> yeah, birthday weekender. That's good. And you've got um, Masato Tanaka and Wagner Jr. at the Tufton Park Dome in March, I believe. And Go you've got Brian Keith as your first super strong style entrant. Yeah, I haven't seen Brian Keith. I know Sal, I think Sal picked him to win. Did he win Bowler? Mm, I'm not sure if he did or not. No, sure. to Kester did. He won something. But Sal picked him Pickhams, and no, none of us really knew who he was. But he's always been making some waves. Yeah. Yeah, that's what saying. I won't. I won't look him up because I like it when I've never seen them. Yeah, that's cool. Lastly, on uh, Progress, it's unboxing next month. Apart from CM Punk, who's your, who's your dream book? 
I've stopped thinking about these unboxings so much because it used to always be like back in, back in the day, like, oh, Zach Saber Jr. is only for Christmas. He might, he might come out and that sort of thing. And then nowadays, I don't really know. I like the surprise. Blobby. Get Blobby on. Get Blobby he's on. The, he's in the country. He's about Railway Cabaret in December. So, uh, it'll so be maybe available. They can, Bring Noel Edmonds with him. Maybe they can usurp uh, two promotions and do uh, Blobby versus Les Battersby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Holt, get him down there. Dave Benson Phillips. It's like a, a wacky scramble match yeah. with Blobby, Battersby, Grant Holt, and Dave Benson Phillips. Yeah. And you've probably got to put Martina in there. What you've done there is I think you've mistaken your unboxing card for your uh, dream <laughs> dinner table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come dine with me, dream lineup. <laughs> Blobby, you can't even eat. And his mouth doesn't open. You have to even cook for him to save time. <laughs> Okay, so that is episode 116 of Wrestling Should Be Fun. Is there anything that you want to plug, JCH? Uh, I haven't thought of a goodbye. Oh, shit. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, keep going. Uh, what do I want to plug? No, you get you go all the plugs in. Okay. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, X. Yeah. yeah. You think of some wrestlers and some send-offs by the time that I reel this yeah. up. It's a challenge, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we are wrestling should be fun. We can be found on socials on Twitter on at WSBFUN, at Instagram at wrestling should be fun, at TikTok at wrestling should be fun, and via Facebook by searching wrestling should be fun. And of course, we've got a podcast that comes out weekly for your ears with a whole range of our roster, but not quite to the 50 caps of JCH. We have been wrestling, should be fun. <laughs> Drink lots of water. Look after your mates. Dun-dun-dun. See you in a bit. Baker, comma, rich. <laughs> Worst one yet. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. And I, when I took the phone call earlier, I was like, oh, shit, I've got to think of one of these before the end. And then I completely forgot because I was walking home and trying not to fall over. Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun, should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. <laughs>